All right, we have founder, a.k.a. Lucy. That is the name of this book. Yet another book about Lucille Ball, the author Sarah Royal. I'm glad we found you. You're on WGN. Hi. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for finding me. (laughs) It's going okay. Thank you. So I'm I'm curious, of all of the interviews you've done, and yet another Lucy book. There are so many. And I have some questions about that. By the way, if you have questions, friends, 312-981-7200, you can call or you can text your questions. Uh, My question is, why another Lucy book? What was it? that? Because there have been so many written. And by the way, so here's what I was going to ask. Of all the interviews you've done, have you talked to someone yet who interviewed you that actually knew her? I mean, I have not, actually, um, which is pretty fabulous. So there you go. At least not to my knowledge. So I'm excited that not only did you know her, but that you're also very good friends with her longtime secretary. So very exciting. Yeah, I was just out to see Wanda Clark. And that's her longtime secretary. Yeah, she lives in Oklahoma. and, And she said, did you see this? So she walks away and comes back holding your book. And she, oh, no way. Yeah, she loves Amy Poehler. And Amy Poehler wrote the foreword to the book. So let me let me continue asking because I'm asking yeah. seven things at once because I'm so excited to talk to you. So <laughs> one is Lucy herself would be amazed that all of these years later, I mean, she passed away, I think it was 1989, that all of these mm-hmm. years later that people would still be interested and even more amazed but excited that the shows continue to air. I don't think the publisher would have published your book as great of a writer as I'm sure you are, and it is a good book, and the images are great. Some of them I hadn't even seen before if they weren't, because it's a business, if they weren't going to say, okay, we'll sell a lot of books. There is something about her that all these years later still resonates. What do you think that is? Well, I mean, that's a fabulous question. Like you said, there's so many books about her, but there is there's something to how even for, you know, younger people today who maybe didn't even watch her on reruns, say, um, or or definitely didn't watch her when she was originally on the air in her multiple television shows. um, But there's something about when you see her perform that feels familiar and really accessible to you. Even, you know, again, all of these years later, if you watch an episode of I Love Lucy, like, yes, it's in black and white, and yes, it takes place during the 50s, and it is you know, quote unquote, out of date in a lot of ways. But you can sense sort of a familiarity in the way that she's performing that you can trace down through modern comedians like Amy Poehler or in television shows or movies and comedy and female performers that you enjoy today. So I think that, you know, you kind of almost unconsciously in some ways um, grasp the fact that she is largely responsible for modern comedy careers and particularly those of women. Absolutely true. You know, and uh, last year there was a Amy Poehler, in fact, was the producer of a documentary yes. about Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Absolutely. And, and also there was a feature film. Uh, and, and, and it's amazing that, yes, there is still relevancy. And, and the, mm-hmm. thing, the thing about those shows and, and Lucy loved it this way. This was no accident that. Something would happen, she would get into trouble, but there would always be a quote-unquote happy ending. And the other other thing is that she kind of always, if you will, 
landed on her feet, no matter what happened. Because right. people, no matter what physical hijinks she got into, uh, people she thought would be concerned if there was a real danger. So they never, on purpose, presented it that way. What What do you think right. about that? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, yeah, no, I think it's, again, it's that accessibility thing, right? And it's also the promise of a lot of the reason why people watch comedy, right? It's to feel lighthearted. But, you know, you can you can point to many shows that are sort of black comedy, if you will, that are really, you know, like long lasting or that people find very compelling. But there still isn't that heart and that relatability to it. So I think the fact that, like, she definitely, in all of her shows and performances, made sure that that was part of the formula, so to speak, is is that there, you know, there was always love behind it. Um, there's also, it's funny, uh, Lucy Arnaz, uh, Lucy's daughter, had commented once, and I quote this in my book, where she basically says, you know, okay, my, you know, my mother's legacy of a, is, of course, the laughter, but it's the love behind the laughter. It's the reason that you're laughing together with an audience, that you're trying to do something relatable to show that it's all going to be okay, sort of no matter how much trouble you get into. So there's like this unconditional love and acceptance behind a lot of her comedy and a lot of her performances. And honestly, that's, that's, that was, you know, core to her as well. As I, as I point out in the book, I mean, she was a very different person, as you know, in real life than um, a lot of her on-screen personalities, but um, there still was always that love and endearment. And I think that that's why her as a subject as a whole, not just her characters is so compelling. And, you know, the reason why we're, Still making movies and writing books about her. Yes. We're talking to Sarah Royal on WGN. Steve Dale here. She is the author of A.K.A. Lucy, a beautiful book you just heard from I Love Lucy, The Vitamita Vegemite Routine. And she actually (laughs) said that was the hardest thing she ever did, Sarah, because she had a memory. I mean, she did that all in one take. And she pointed out Mm -hmm. that today that that would never happen. I think what's interesting is that, uh, you know, again, something that a lot of people don't really know about Lucille Ball is that um, she wasn't really naturally funny and she worked really, really hard behind the scenes. So I think that that scene is such a testament to her dedication to get every single detail, inflection, look, you know, uh, and obviously in that particular case, her, uh, you know, continued and increasing um, being inebriated. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Correct. Exactly correct. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just such a perfect testament. Like you said, you could see, especially with today's modern film techniques, that you could have that spliced from, you know, 17 different takes and take each individual one perfectly. But she did it all at once. Yeah, she did. And she said she didn't even know how she did that at, at the point that I spoke to her. I mean, she was it was much later in her life. And she said, I don't know. I mean, how did I do that? I mean, cue cards didn't exist back then. And she said, right. I don't I don't even know how I did it. But you're right. It was about rehearsing and rehearsing. I mean, she made she was such a good actress, I believe, and made it look mm-hmm. so easy, particularly mm-hmm. with Ethel Mertz or Vivian Vance, the actress that played Ethel Mertz, that people thought so much of it was ad lib, which I want you to comment yeah. on, because that is the text <laughs> question. She must have been great at ad libbing. Well, Texter, I'm sorry, she wasn't. Can you talk about that? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, she has a famous line where, like, one of her most hated words is improv. Um, but I think that is such a testament to a great comedian, great performer, as you were saying, that she was able to sell that. And I think that today, 
you know, we are used to thinking of comedians uh, as, you know, oh, just, hey, say a funny line, you know, and like putting them on the spot. Um, But that's not always the case. And for Lucy's case, she didn't like ad-libbing. She didn't like improv, not only because it didn't come naturally to her. She always, again, talked about her daughter as being naturally funny. And in a lot of ways, her, you know, her husband, Desi Arnaz, was naturally funny or at least charismatic in a way um he was able to grasp you know a script that the writers wrote for him on i love lucy quite quickly whereas lucy had to really view it from all angles she would interview people she would play off of co-stars like you said vivian vance and make sure that each time and every piece of sort of the puzzle that she was doing it in the funniest possible way to be received so i think the fear of improv or the fear of ad-libbing of course comes from like well, no, I have all these professionals together here, right? I've got my, my writers, I've got my prop man, I've got my co-stars, I've got, you know, all of the training in, in radio and movies and even in modeling earlier in her life to draw upon. Why would I ever throw all of that out the window for chance? Mm-hmm. What, what gave you the idea to do this book in the first place? Well, I think, you know, again, building on the popularity from... Amy Poehler's recent incredible documentary to, you know, being the Ricardos, the feature film, and just sort of that energy, like I was talking about before, of, of there's a lot of modern comedians um, who are constantly referencing <laughs> Lucille Ball as an idol or, you know, a, a comedic idol. Um, you know, again, Deborah Messing comes to mind in addition to Amy Poehler, Will and Grace did some, you know, an homage to I Love Lucy. Um, you know, there's so many references uh, that are sort of like this meta text today. Um, and her shows, of course, are still, you know, being broadcast and they're still available for streaming in a lot of senses. So it's just sort of another interesting time. But um, what's interesting is also we there's never really there's been biographies, of course, and her own very amazing autobiography, too. Um, but there hasn't really been um, a book that looks at her in like a fully modern lens. And what we did with this project was also make it so it's a very beautiful book. I mean, the, the illustrator, yes. Tim Palin, did a fabulous job. Make it so that it almost looks like a coffee table book <laughs> if you pick it up. But you open it and you say, oh, wow, it's actually a biography, but it's not a traditional sort of chapter one, chapter two, chapter three biography. You can skip around, you can poke around, you can open up, uh, you know, a spread that talks about why exactly she's so funny. You can read about certain I Love Lucy episodes. You can dig into her later years, her earlier years, what have you. So it's sort of meant to be a more accessible biography for people who really don't enjoy biographies. Um, and of course, very visual, more so than like, you know, the 10 insert photos you typically get. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that I love, it's my favorite part of your book, is you take all these I Love Lucy episodes and you you describe the episode, the premise, the famous bit, because there always is one Mm -hmm. in the episode. Uh, And then there's a section called for each episode behind the scenes and and you go behind the scenes. Uh, And one episode, of course, is Lucy's Italian movie. Friends, you know that episode. It does, Lucy's Italian movie? What is that? Grapes. And that's all you'd have to say. And even today, yep. that's all you'd have to say. So I want, I want to hear what your version is. I'll tell you what Lucy told me. She said, mm-hmm. and she describes the story, and she's told it many times, that yes. she, they used real Italian women that did mm-hmm. this. And it was even back in the 50s. There weren't many that were actually grape crushing the old right. fashioned. It, it was changing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That was yeah. still the old fashioned way. Yeah. And and well, she said that they they were told to push her down, push her down, uh, and then let her up so she can get a, an arm up for the camera, a leg up for the camera, and 
the person either didn't understand or whatever <laughs> and really didn't do it. And she thought she was going to drown in this vat of grapes, which she said felt like giant eyeballs she was swimming in. Right. Right. Yeah, she actually told that story, like you said, many times. Uh, the, the appearance that actually you can, any, anybody can view on YouTube is on the Dick Cavett Show in 1974. And, she, you know, she quips like, you know, to drown in a vat of grapes, not exactly the way I had planned to go. Right? <laughs> so I think, I think your, your point of how they used, you know, the, they actually traced down the origins of like how would a traditional grape stomper stomp the grapes as opposed to just saying, ah, let's make it up based on what we know about this, right? This was this was her perfectionist detail and that behind the scenes is we have to get this exactly right. We need to find the real grape stompers. They should be Italian, right? They they need to do everything to have that believability that's inserted into this sort of absurd world, right? Like there's very few moments on I Love Lucy in particular that's like like very out of this world, very outlandish. A lot of the stuff is real. Even even episodes where, you know, the famous episode where um, Pioneer Women, where there's a gigantic piece of, uh, you know, a gigantic loaf of bread that pops out of the oven, obviously impossible, you know, within the scene. They actually made that real bread. They had a, they had a, uh, a uh, iron worker's forge a special pan for it, and they had a bakery make a special piece of bread for it, to the point where they were actually handing out slices to the live studio audience. So it's just like the commitment to building this world to have the comedy in is it all goes part, you know, back to that, like no ad living, no improv, like we're going to build this together and we're going to do it the best possible way. Uh, Speaking of audience, she told me that she would watch uh, Three's Company, which was one of her favorite shows. And here, yeah, and she loved John Ritter and here, People she knew because they were using laugh track or on and they still do today on shows. The yeah. laugh tracks you hear are from very often. I love Lucy. And she said, I would recognize my mother Dee Dee's laugh. I would recognize yeah. people. And I said, isn't that great that you would recognize particularly your mom? because oh, she had passed away at that point. All of yeah. this laughter. And she said, well, sort of. You yeah. know, meaning yeah. she was actually a very sentimental person in truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I love the book. I wish we had. I so wish we had more time to talk. But ah. you, could, you could pick it up yourself. AKA Lucy: The Dynamic and Determined Life of Lucille Ball. Sarah Royal, Ooh. the author of the book, Amy Poehler uh, did the foreword. I thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. Oh, pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much. Oh, it was mine. I'm glad you did the book. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And more important, Wanda Clark loves it. Thank you so much. I mean, that's that's all you need to know, listeners. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're not kidding. That's Lucy's longtime secretary. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. Take care.